Greetings to all of you who are part of the Home Run Club. I know also many of you are downloading this file at our website. We are so grateful to have you participate and become a part of the Winning at Home team and family. Our goal is that with these podcasts and different things you listen to, you'll be encouraged in your family life. I'm hoping that will happen today. This is a really delicate topic I'm sharing about today. In our society, many parents are grappling with the idea that their children are dealing with either homosexual, gay, lesbian relationships, or they are transgender. And we have many parents come into our office to seek help and guidance in this area. And so over the course of these next couple of Home Run Club times, I'm going to be sharing with you a speech, first of all, that I gave related to this issue and talking about how we need to love as Christ would love. And certainly that doesn't mean we're always agreeing with a behavior, but we still need to love as Christ would love. And then secondly, the second part of this series will be our counselor sharing some thoughts and ideas with you as parents on how to deal with some issues that may be arising in your home. So as you listen to this month's edition of the Home Run Club, know I'm talking about a love that can only come from Christ in your heart. And I challenge you to open yourself up to what the Lord would say to you. It's very important to me that you make sure you listen to a teacher, a speaker, a pastor, and you test that word that he shares, she shares against the word of God. Don't just take some speaker's words and go, that's a fact. Make sure you measure it against God's word. That's the test. And so today, as you listen to this speech, I want you to hear what I am sharing with you from the word of God about the life of Jesus. And I want you to ask yourself, how am I doing with this? What kind of friend am I? Am I reaching those who maybe I don't necessarily agree with, because that was part of what Jesus did and set an example of. And so as you listen, open your heart to what I hope the Lord will say to you. And again, don't hear me. Listen for the voice of the Lord and let him penetrate your own heart so that you might be a bit more willing to love the way Christ would love. Certainly Christ had standards, and he even quite often said, now I've shared with you, I love you, but go and sin no more. He, He told people the truth. But he did it with such love that it was easily receivable. So I hope you will open your heart to what the Lord would have to say to you through this little speech I've entitled, What Kind of Friend Are You? So now let's go and listen as I shared this live. I take tonight very serious. I I don't know how many people are here, several hundred. And that means there's double that ears. And so I've prayed this week that as I speak that the Lord would help me to say everything he would want me to say and nothing that I shouldn't that I would speak what he would want you to hear I've put a lot of time and effort and energy into this and as you know uh, we advertised if you will that tonight we would be talking about the very thing Pastor Bernie mentioned loving those who sometimes maybe feel rejected like they don't fit And so tonight, we're going to look in. Next week, we're going to look out. We have several counselors from Winning at Home that will be joining Pastor Bernie and me right here on the stage, and we'll take a look out. We'll talk about things we can do and some steps we can take. But tonight, and I asked Pastor Bernie, it was okay this first night, that we look in, that we look in at our life and ask ourselves some tough questions. So I'm asking you tonight to come, and I want you to start just mentally, I'm going to look at my notes. You know, normally I preach, I don't look at my notes. I'm going to stay on these notes because I don't want to get out of whack. I want to just ask you to do three things. The first one is I want to ask you to listen 
and not get defensive. Now, I want you to make sure you measure my words against the words of the Bible. Make sure everything I say is biblically sound. But if it is, and you listen, try not to get defensive. Number two, I want you to consider that some of your thinking right now is cultural and traditional and not biblical. That's a big statement. I want you to consider that some of the things you believe are cultural and traditional and not biblical. Let me tell you what I mean by that. I had lunch today with my dad. I took him to a little restaurant in Holland today, and we're sitting in the restaurant, and all of a sudden my dad, 88, love him. I love him to death now. We're doing great. But dad just says to me, sitting in the restaurant, boy, a lot of these people are going to hell. <sighs> and I'm like, dad, he's 88. I'm like, dad, what's up? Why, why are you saying that? Dad, he said, well, look how they're dressed. <laughs> and look, look, the women have their hair cut. And I said, dad, why do you think that's what's sending them to hell? Why do you think that? Listen to his answer. That's what my church taught me. Did y'all hear that? Thank God you're at a church that doesn't teach you that. It's not biblically sound. And Pastor Bernie would confirm this. Pastor Dwayne would too. When people preach, make sure what they're saying is coming from God's word. Third, I want you just to ask yourself, can I admit it might be possible that I don't always love people the same way Jesus did? If you, if you miss one theme tonight, let me kind of try to say it to you. Love. We get a little messed up. Let me tell you something that happens with us Christians, okay? We somehow sometimes think that when people come to church, they ought to already be a certain way. Let me explain something to you. It's going to come up on a little, first little thing I want you to see up on the screen is this. Salvation is conditional. God's love, unconditional. Salvation is if we say, Jesus, will you forgive me of my sins and receive me as your child? And his, his word says he receives us as his sons and his daughters. That's My salvation is dependent on me asking Jesus to forgive my sins and receive him as my Savior. It's conditional. God's love, unconditional. Everybody who walks in, 5,000 people on a Sunday here. All 5,000 have God's unconditional love. Not all are saved, but all 5,000 have got equal love from God. Now, let me just say about us, we don't give that same kind of love. There are certain people who we go, hmm, I can't love them. And I've just come to ask you, Why? I'm going to get to a passage of Scripture in a minute. It, the obvious passage of Scripture to go to was Jesus talking to the Samaritan woman, the woman at the well. That, that is so obvious. Half of you like, I bet he's going there. I'm not. I was. I was headed there, and then God changed me to the passage I'm going to read to you tonight. But before I read it to you, i got to tell you about a group of people. Now, this is very important. You need to tuck it away. I have never seen this in Scripture before like I saw it. So within the Jewish Pharisees, okay, the people who believed God's love was very conditional. Among the Pharisees, there was a little tight-knit group. They call themselves the Habarim. It actually means friends. 
They were like the elitist of the elitist, and they were letter of the law Pharisees. They didn't miss anything when it came to the law. They crossed every T, dotted every I, and they even called themselves a next level up. And they were tight-knit, called the Habarim. They believed, listen, they believed that God loved them first and foremost, and then after that, trickled down to everybody else. God's love was conditional based on how good you followed the letter of the law. So I get his love first, and if there's any left over, y'all can have it. And we don't want to sometimes admit this, but we sometimes live that way. We Christians, we kind of think of ourselves as, yeah, I guess I deserve God's love the most. And I want to remind you, the Bible says he came for the brokenhearted. I've been memorizing this week the Beatitudes. I don't know if you've looked at them for a while. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. All those things are things that we would go, I'd rather not be in that category. I don't like crying all the time, going through troubles in my life. But... Jesus' words, I'm memorizing them. That's who he came for. And I'm telling you, on a Sunday, here at Rez, with 5,000 people, there are some people who are already here feeling like they're the least of the least. They feel outcast. Oh, you, they don't wear shirts that say outcast. But they feel that way. And they're sitting right next to you. And they're wondering, does God really love me? And we need to live in such a way that they leave and they go, he must. Because those people sure love me. Remember the Habarim. Because I'm going to talk about them in a little bit. The passage the Lord led me to is not one that I had planned on talking about it. It's Luke chapter 15. The words aren't coming up on the screen. I'm just going to read them to you. Luke chapter 15. This is the story of Jesus talking to two groups of people. And I want you to get this because it's important to get the setting. I want us today to kind of imagine that Jesus had his little talk going on here. Let's just put Jesus here. And let me read the first part of Luke chapter 15. Watch this. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear him. I got to stop right there. Verse 1. So these people who the Pharisees rejected and said, we want nothing to you, were gathering around to hear Jesus talk. And I just stopped right there and I go, why would they do that? I mean, how often, how often, seriously, how often do sinners out there in the world just get together and go, you know what let's do? Let's go look for a preacher. They don't do that. They don't. They go do their own thing and hide and do their sin. And these guys looked to go hang out and hear Jesus why would that happen? I got to thinking, what would make somebody do that? Of course, curiosity. Of course, you've heard things about him. But I want to show you three reasons why. As I just, I just sit and let this thing mull over me and go, why would somebody who's not walking with God or feels like an outcast, why would they go look for a preacher? 
And I wrote down a few reasons. Here they are. Number one, because Jesus made everyone feel at ease. Well, not Pharisees. But those who were outcast. Pastor Bernie was just, just telling us as we were sitting in the back. Y'all remember the story where the woman was called in the act of sin and they pulled her right out of the bed and brought her right in front of Jesus and he was at ease talking to her. That's not a real easy moment. But Jesus was at ease. I, I, I guess here's what I'd like. I, I'm just going to pose the question. If tonight a person came up to you and said, hey, I'm, I'm homosexual and I just need to talk to someone, are you at ease talking to them? Could you say, oh, man, sit down, let's talk? Because Jesus could. Jesus would. Jesus did. And I just got to tell you, I, I really... I really believe the evangelical church in general has made those who we see on the outskirts or over there, we've made them feel like they don't belong. You might remember that I talked about this, I believe, one time here. A gentleman who is a homosexual man um, wrote a really nasty article about me in the paper and blamed a lot of the crimes and things that have happened on on me and so I said to my assistant will you find that man and ask him to come to my office and so he showed up there he showed up with another person who came and and that person had a had a uh, a book with them and a, a paper a notebook and a pencil and they came in they sat down right? I brought brought him in my office and set him down sat down with paper and pencil and go write down everything I had to say in my opening line, I looked at this young man in his 20s. And I said, can I just say something to you before I, I realize you probably are wanting to say some things to me. I know you're frustrated at me and you're angry. And I can see you've brought another person to take notes. So I'm figuring you're probably going to write another article. And I said, can I just start by telling you, boy, oh boy, us Christians have done a poor job of showing you love and loving you the way that Jesus Loves you. I'm not going to agree with your lifestyle. You know that. In fact, you'd be disappointed if I told you I was. But what I want to tell you is, as a person, you, I love you. Because God made you just like he made me. And me and you, we have equal love from God Almighty. So first of all, I want to apologize if you haven't felt love from Christians. Because we've really messed that up and I'm sorry. This is really what happened. The other person put the notebook away. And the dude looked at me and he said, well, my goodness, I was never expecting to hear something like that. By the end of our hour together, I got up and hugged the dude. He hugged me back and he said, you've made me see things in a whole new light. I'm sorry. I judged you. I did the very thing to you that you, I think you do to me. And I'm sorry I did that to you, Dan. And we left. I said, do you, we don't agree. We don't agree on his life. We still don't. But I can still love him with a God love. And that's what we got to do. That's what Jesus did. Look at that second thing that I believe is true about Jesus. He did not let sexual issues, ethnic issues, cultural issues, or any other issue stop him from speaking to and engaging with people. So we got to make sure we do the same. He crossed all boundaries. That story of the woman at the well... My goodness, how many things are wrong in that story from all the people who live there? First of all, she's female. Y'all get that, right? He broke all the barriers. 
And he didn't even seem to care if somebody would see him. Third thing I wrote down was, um, they wanted to come see this man who set an example of loving differently. This dude loves different than we've ever seen people love. He just loves, and it seems like you can't stop him from loving you. What a good thing. What would it be like if on your death day they come up and they do the funeral and they say, one of the things we've got to say about the person in this casket, man, it just, it just seemed like they overloved. They just loved too much. That'd be something sweet to have said about you. So the first verse, the tax collectors and sinners were all gathered around to hear Jesus. Look at verse 2. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Now, don't you just think, think of that picture. The tax collectors and sinners, the outcasts, were walking in to see Jesus, and right behind them was this other group of people going, Psst, hey, hey, look who he's meeting with. He's talking to somebody we don't agree he should talk to. And the Bible uses the word muttered. You ever had anybody mutter about you? I, I, I have had this happen with my life's a little bit of public. I've been in a restaurant before, and I've looked over and seen. That not too long ago, I saw two women, two women, and, and, and they, were, they looked at each other. They rec- I saw they could recognize me, and they, and they kind of went like this. I wanted to go right over, you know. I didn't. But I wanted to go, you guys are, what are y'all muttering? Just just muttering doesn't even sound biblical, does it? It doesn't even sound like something. Christ. You ever heard, yeah, Jesus on the cross and he was muttering about it? No. Don't mutter. And you know what? As I looked at that little passage right there, the Pharisees, seeing Jesus love them, just care for them, engage with them, just that bothered them. And here's what I wrote about the Pharisees. Here's three things I observe about them. Number one, Throw that up, will you? Number one, people who aren't up to my religious standards aren't as important as me. That's what I think a lot of people think. If you're not up to my religious standards, you are not as important as me. And that's an attitude that I think sometimes we have in the church. Second thing I observed about them is this. We are judgmental and can't even see it. My dad in the restaurant today, I love him to death, but he cannot even see that he's judgmental. He can't see it. It's like, it's like they're blind to it. And tonight, that's one of the things I'm trying to do. I'm trying to say, do you have any judgmentalism in you? Jesus said, I have come not to condemn the world but that through me the world could be saved. Look, if Jesus isn't going to do it, what in the world am I doing doing it? Let God be the judge. You just love. You guide. Remember, you are not the Savior. You are the bring them to God person. He saves them. Second thing I observed about the Pharisees, uh, memorizing scripture to them was more important than living scripture. Oh, those, that Habarim, that group of friends, I bet you they could quote some scripture. But they didn't know how to live the scripture. So now I get to tell you the rest of that passage. 
So just listen. I'm not going to read it word for word. I want you to do that later, but I want you to listen. I want to show you something. In fact, I'm going to show you something. I have studied and read this a lot. A guy named Bill Crowder, a pastor friend of mine, was doing this passage. I heard him talk about it, and I said, Bill, there's some good stuff in there. And I want to show you this stuff. Get the picture, though. Here's Jesus. Look, talking to tax collectors and sinners. Let's get the picture in our head. Jesus is about to tell Three stories in a row, in a row. And he's got tax collectors and sinners who have gathered around to hear him. And let's just, right behind them is this group of Habarim, the friends who know the letter of the law. They're watching to judge Jesus as he loves unconditionally some people that they didn't think deserved love. I want to watch what, watch what happens. I want, our Jesus he was the master communicator. I want to show you how. Master communicator. If I could communicate one millionth of the ability of Jesus, it would be crazy good tonight. Jesus looked at the tax collectors and sinners and he said, I'll tell you a story. Here they are. There was once this shepherd and he had a hundred sheep. And one of them got lost, and he left all the sheep that were in the fold to go out into the wilderness and to find the lost sheep. Now, do you guys get the tax collectors or sinners were listening going, I think I'm the sheep. Get that? I don't know if the Pharisees, the Hibernians sitting back here got, we're the 99. I don't know if they can see it. We're the lost sheep. And the Bible says that Jesus told the story and said, that good shepherd left the sheep and went out and found the one. And he said, and you know what he did with that sheep when he found that sheep? I can see what I'm going, what? What happened? Put it on his shoulders and carried it home. He was so proud he found it, he put it on his shoulders. Any of you dads in here remember when you had that first kid that got about two or three and you were able to put him on your shoulders? When you walk around with a boy or a girl on your shoulders, you know what you're saying. I got me something up here. I'm proud of what's sitting right here. That little sheep got carried back to the fold. Now watch, I'd never seen this next part before. And Jesus telling the story says, and when he got back to the fold with that sheep, the shepherd, he called all of his friends. There's no reason for Jesus to throw friends in. He threw friends in because he knows all these boys back here watching. They're a group of friends. And he's saying, so anyway, he called in all of his friends. Hint, hint. Hope you're listening, boys. He called all his friends together. And he said, guess what? I found my lost sheep. Woo Let's have a party. And they had a party. If you wonder why I wear this, by the way, I need to tell you. This, I'll have to fix it when I get home. But this is to support girls who are in sex traffic. It's bottle. It's made out of bottles and stuff. And these girls who sell this thing. I've, I met one in 
I was, I think, in Missouri, and this girl came up who, who was, was in sex traffic and said, would you buy this to support girls? We're trying to help girls get out of sex traffic. That's why I wear this little bracelet in case you wonder what this bracelet is. So it's a cool thing, helping people who feel a little outcast. It's pretty ironic that that broke while I was preaching. <laughs> and Jesus said he gathered all of his friends and he celebrated that lost sheep was found. And I'm sure, hey, come on. If we're sitting here, we're going, that's a good story. That's a good story. And Jesus, I got another one. Yeah, I got another story for you. He's trying to talk to that group of people over there too. And he said, the second story is about this woman. She had 10 coins. Now, you, you got to understand in this story, uh, she was in her house. She had 10 coins. Um, those homes were not lit like your house back home. These homes didn't have windows like you have and lights like you have. So when she dropped one of her 10 coins, she lost it. You can see it falling, rolling over somewhere under something in a corner. No chance of finding it. And Jesus said this woman had 10 coins in her hand and one of them fell out and it rolled over somewhere and fell underneath and she couldn't find it. But you know what she did? She lit a lamp. Y'all get this? You're the lamps. We are the lamps. We got to leave here and be the light to this dark world. The world out here, they think they're lit up, but it's fake light. Jesus is the light. We got to carry the light to light up the little corners to find the lost coins. And Jesus Jesus said, so she found this coin, and when she found it, get ready. I'd never seen this before. When she found the coin, guess what she did, guys? What'd she do, Jesus? She called her friends. Are y'all getting this, boys? You little hovering group of friends, do you hear it? I'm trying to get you in on this fact that I am Jesus. I have come to save the world, and do you want to join my party? Or do you want to sit over there and judge that I'm talking to the wrong people? And sorry, ladies and gentlemen, but we've got too many churches where we've sit and said, well, I don't know, Jesus, if you're talking to the right people. You need to come talk to us who are saved. Jesus said, no, no. You're supposed to be clapping and celebrating because great is the reward and rejoicing in heaven. The rejoicing in heaven over that lost sheep, over that lost coin. And you better tell your friends, join my party. And they're like, Jesus, that's a good story. He's like, oh, I got one more. So there's this dad who has two sons. And one of the, I had never seen what I'm about to tell you. And this one son, his younger one, came to the father and said, hey, pops, um, I don't, I really want half the stuff now. I don't want to wait for you to die. I wish you were dead. Because I want my stuff. And the father said, okay, I'll go ahead and give it to you. You say, what kind of a story is this? I don't know. It's Jesus' story. Don't mess with it. It's a good story. The father said, okay, I'll give you half your stuff. So he gathered it all together and he gave it to the youngest son. The youngest son 
took off. Now, what you don't get is in that culture, Jesus telling this story. We don't have this in our culture. Sometimes we feel like we'd like to, but we don't have this next thing in our culture. In our culture, when Jesus was telling this, the people there all understood, oh, that father would have disowned that son. You still see it on television, don't you? When you see, you, you still see in the news every now and then a young lady, if she doesn't choose what the family wants in some other countries, she is disowned. So the guys listening to this story said, oh, that boy's disowned. He's done. He's out. He's gone. He's got no chance. And the kid goes off, squanders everything. And this father did something that would have been unheard of. The Bible says that son realized what he had at home and came back home. Okay, And when he came back home, the Bible says the father ran to meet him. When he said that, these people sitting and listening to him would have said, what? No, that would be shameful. Dads don't do that. Once you've disowned a kid, he's gone. You do not bring him back. And Jesus is like, no. No, in my story, that's the way I work. I love you, and I'll bring you back. And, and then the story goes to the next stage. Son comes home. They throw the big party. Everybody's having a good time because all the friends were invited in to kill the fatted cat. Third time the friends joined in. He didn't miss this little group sitting over here. And then he said to them, Jesus, so the other son, the older son, who had stayed home, he was talking about the hobbering. Just watch this. That son came in and he was pretty mad. Because he stayed home and did all the things right. And that's not fair. Sometimes in the Christian world, that's the attitude we get. That's not fair. I've been walking with the Lord 30 years. And that person walked in and they invited them to be in the choir. You better be sitting out there singing and clapping for that new sheep that has been found and getting up in that choir loft. But then they're taking my spot. Perfect. I'm 57. There better be some young men and young women coming to take this spot. Because when I'm gone, come on. And if you want to come get it now, come on. I'm just a ve- You're just a vessel to be used by God. It ain't about you. It's about Jesus. Now, here's what I've never seen in the story. Jesus finishes and says, so the older son got really angry, and, and, he, and, he, and he listened to his father, and his father said, well, I want you to come in and join the party. I have never seen this before. The story stops right there. We don't know if he came in or not. I never saw this before. We don't know if he joined the party or walked away. We don't know. You know who Jesus was talking to? I bet you this group right here was, come on, Jesus, tell us. You got four stories? And Jesus was saying, well, right now I got I to gotta try to check with the friends who are sitting up there and ask him, are you guys going to join the party or are you going to walk away? Tonight I've come to ask you, are you going to join the party and love like Jesus loves? Or are you going to walk away and go, no, I'm not going to reach out to someone who's not like me. I'm not going to love 
unconditionally. I got to say about your pastor, Bernie, I saw in his heart sitting at the Rainbow Grill, the dude is different. He loves all people. I want to be the same way. I want there not to be one person in this world who doesn't feel they can't walk up to me and talk to me and me engage with them because my goal, watch this, is to be contagious enough that I would draw them in where they'd want to hear more stories about Jesus. They would go, well, this is a guy who seems to love the Lord a lot and he sure loves me and I've always felt outcast. I feel like I don't belong. I'm hurting. I mean, guys, you guys got to get that at Res Life on Sunday morning, there are some people sitting there who are barely functioning. They're hurting so bad. We got to love them into the kingdom. We've got to. If we don't, we're nothing more than the Habreem. And Jesus is over here going, friends, don't you get it? And I'm asking you tonight to love someone who maybe you felt you couldn't love before. Hey, hey, let me tell you, Jesus never loved sin, but he always loved the person, even if they were infested with sin. That's the big difference. And let me remind you again, salvation is conditional. God's unconditional love is not conditional it's available if you're sitting here tonight and you feel outcast you have come to a place I I just want to say to you personally I love you you guys see my life it's pretty public you would be shocked how lonely I feel some days I left this literally just comes to my mind so I'm going to share it I left Easter service, and God rocked a lot of lives in an awesome way at Easter Sunday morning. He rocked it awesome. It wasn't me. It was Jesus. Just know that. I went home that day. I took a walk by myself. I can honestly tell you, in the last 10 years, I never remember feeling lonelier in my life than that walk. I'd just spoken to five, 6,000 people. God did an amazing thing. That's what Satan loves to do. I was walking by myself, and Satan was just whispering in my ear, you are all alone. And I would go, no, I'm not. The God who created me is right here with me. So if you have that battle, I'm with you. But tonight, if you feel lonely, I'm going to hang out here for a little bit. You say, I'm, I'm struggling, Dan. I'll hang out. If you want to talk and pray, I'll do that. So, Lord, help us to love like that. You gave some great stories there, and I I never put in the picture that you didn't finish that story. So tonight we have to go and decide, are we going to be like you or are we going to be like the Habarim? And I pray you'd find us more like you. We love you tonight, and we give this to you and pray as we walk out of here. You'd help us to carry this, and even in the days ahead, Res Life would continue to be a place where people find God's unconditional love and eventually find salvation in Jesus. In your name, amen. So as we close out this little moment I shared um, live with an audience, I'm trusting the Lord used it also to minister to your life, to make you ask yourself the question, am I reaching everyone? Am I showing Christ's love to all? Because I believe that's our calling. 
And again, I will tell you that I believe if Christ were on the earth today, he would probably shock us with where he would go, what he would do. Not in terms of laying down what his principles were and what he stood for, but his love, his grace, his mercy. Let's show it. Let's be contagious because that's what will help people grow closer to Christ. And after all, that's what this is all about. Bless you for being a part of the Home Run Club and supporting us as we continue to reach and teach all around the world and even in our local area how to be more like Christ.